folks, grab a bowl of your favorite sugary cereal and join us for Saturday Morning Fever. I'm one of your hosts for this episode, the Irredeemable Shag. Along with me is the illegitimate love child of Sid and Marty Croft, Mr. Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? I know we say this, I guess, every episode of Saturday Morning Fever, but man, what a theme this show has. <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely killer. <laughs> Luke knocked it out of the park. I can't, I've actually probably listened to the theme more times than we've produced episodes. That's fair. Yeah, to say. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, this show only exists because we have, we really want to use that theme so much. It's so good. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, it is, well, okay, it's, it, it may be not Saturday morning when you're listening to this, but it's Saturday morning for me and Rob. We're wearing our PJs. I've got my slippers on. I've got my bowl of sugar smacks. Uh, I hope you do too, Rob. I expect you do. Uh, I liked, uh, what did I remember? I had Captain Crunch a lot as a kid. I, and used to With look the Crunch Berries? Yeah, yeah. I used to love the little tub toys and stuff like that. And also, um, Count Chocula. That was another big one from, from what I can remember. See, we can, we couldn't get a lot of chocolatey cereals in my house. We could get the Captain Crunches and things like that, but the chocolatey ones just were kind of off the menu. I, I didn't mm. get my hands on that much. Anyway, we are here getting all sugared up so we can talk about the Mighty Heroes. Yes. Why are we talking about the Mighty Heroes, Rob? Well, <laughs> because okay. near, last time I checked, they came out before either one of us were born. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, the Mighty Heroes uh, holds a near and dear place in my heart. Uh, they were one of my favorite cartoons growing up. And we have been talking a while about doing an episode of Saturday Morning Fever. And we just hadn't really decided what show we wanted to talk about. And so for reasons that we will get into shortly, uh, the Mighty Heroes just sort of... Uh, represented itself in my mind and i thought well this would be the perfect opportunity to talk about them because i love the mighty heroes so i do have to ask seriously like i mean they're they were done before 1970 so like did they did you see it in reruns on mighty yeah. mouse oh, or yeah, something yeah. they ran them in reruns yeah totally. okay all right all right that's how I, 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 most of my television was a rerun for i i have absolutely zero knowledge about this before you mentioned it to me like i hadn't even like seen an image of them i knew wow. nothing of their very existence so this i'm coming at this fairly fresh of just seeing it for the first time uh this week okay yeah no when i was when i was a kid i've said this on other shows when i was living we lived in philadelphia we got a local uh, was it UHF or VHF? What well, UHF is the was the alternate channel. If it was cheap, it was UHF. <laughs> cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, that's what it was. So we had this UHF channel, channel forty eight, that ran this amazing block of programming from like ten a.m. till like four p.m. And it was like the monkeys and Batman and Lost in Space. Oh my and, gosh. and all the you know the Sigma the Sea Monster and the Mighty Hero, the Mighty Heroes. And again, I'll get into my sort of false yeah. memory to the Mighty Heroes. Because I'm remembering it different, I remembered it differently than how it really existed. But that's how I saw virtually everything was all in rerun form. This was all stuff from like the late '60s. That's where I saw the filmation Aquaman and Superman cartoons for the first time. It was all that stuff. It was my oh, Channel 48, mm, Chef's Kiss. <laughs> all right. Well, before we climb into these uh, all the UF channels, and I make Rob hold the rabbit ears uh, to get a better picture, we should probably take a second to thank our sponsors, folks. This episode of Saturday Morning Fever is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to forty-two percent off with free shipping on orders of fifty dollars or more. Now, what'd you bring, buddy? Now, unfortunately, uh, there are no Mighty Heroes comics that have been collected. There are Mighty Heroes comics, and we will talk about them as well. But, uh... <laughs> There's nothing that's been collected, but the closest I could get is Mighty Mouse Trade Paperback Volume 1, Saving the Day. This is from Dynamite uh, just a couple of years ago, and it's written by friend of the network, Sholly Fish. We all love Sholly Fish. Oh, no way. Yes, Sholly Fish, drawn by Igor Lima with a cover by Alex Ross. If you can believe it. (laughs) So this collects issues one to five plus bonus content of the Dynamite 
Mighty Mouse uh, series. Uh, it's 120 pages. The normal price is 19.99. In stock trades price is 13.99. You save 30. percent And uh, for those of you who remember in the episode of film, uh, excuse me, Fire and Water that I did where I interviewed Charlie, he even talked about the Mighty Mouse comics. So and this is the comic he was talking about. So uh, you can pick it up. On in stock trades for only thirteen ninety nine, Mighty Mouse Volume One, saving the day. Not that I want to compliment you, even in any way, shape, or form, but that interview with Sholly was absolutely fantastic. You know, in fact, I, I won't credit you at all. It was all shot down to Sholly. He was fantastic. It was like ninety ten. That's for certain. <laughs> Well, as Rob said, uh, we couldn't find any comics specifically tied into this, and Rob stole the Mighty Mouse book. So I went with something else that's very Saturday morning uh, focused. I picked Future Quest, trade paperback, volume one. This is essentially Crisis on Hanna-Barbera Earth is what this <laughs> is. Uh, they take Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, the Herculoids, Birdman, Frankenstein Jr. Then you get it like really obscure, the Impossibles Galaxy Trio, who I'd never even heard of before I read this, and Mitor. You put all those together. Together, and you think this really shouldn't work. You know, in fact, when it was advertised, I'm like, oh man, what a gimmick. That's just a terrible idea. But when you have it written by Jeff Parker and drawn by uh, Doc Shaner, oh, oh, it works. It is <laughs> glorious. Now, this is just volume one, collects issues one through six, and then you have to get volume two. And believe me, you will want to uh, after that. But it's uh, this volume is 176 pages, normally retails for $16.99. You get it for 42% off right now on in stock trades. It's only $9.85. And I tell you, when this was coming out, this was one of the only DC comics I kept going with. Like, I dropped a whole bunch of DC around that time, and I stuck with this. It was so good. And I, I, Did you ever read this? No, I've never read it. I, you've talked about it many times, and it sounds fantastic. And Lord knows I love uh, Doc Shaner's artwork, but I've, no, I've not checked this out yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I, I really, you're right. I have plugged it a few times, but I just it doesn't get enough credits. So, folks, for these and all your trade paperback needs, please visit InStockTrades.com. We also need to thank you folks at home for your help supporting the Patreon, um, so the Fire and Water Podcast Network through our Patreon. Because running our network with so many shows requires a lot of online hosting and service fees. And um, and also helping pay for Rob's uh, weird fetish of collecting cups with old cartoon characters on them. But um, so we launched the Patreon uh, uh, last year or a year ago to help pay for uh, the, the hosting, and you guys really stepped up to help, and we sincerely appreciate it. Because I can honestly say, without you guys, the network would not be on the air right now. So if you would like, please consider going out to our Patreon. And what's that link, Rob? Patreon.com/slash/fwpodcast. And please consider supporting the Fire and Water Podcast, and uh, it would really mean a lot. And uh, I, at certain tiers, you get thanked on the show of your choice. So our thanks this time out to David Ace Gutierrez and Gord Tolton. So again, folks, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. All right. So, Rob, the mighty heroes. I can't sing the song or do the music. It's very patriotic-like. But Love the theme. It's really – okay. Can we talk about that real quick? Sure. So, it's very, very, very patriotic. I mean, there's actually flag – like when they're, the mighty heroes are called, there's flags waving in the air. You know, you see like a, a, a mirage almost of a flag in the air. But I didn't see – like I didn't sign, find any signs of anything patriotic throughout the rest of it. I thought that was – I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on that. Was I missing something? Well, they're just – they're defending America from monsters and criminals. What else do you need? That's very okay. patriotic. All right. Maybe it's just that straightforward. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. We'll, I'll explain how this all came about. I mean, so the Mighty Heroes – it was a show that I watched as a kid and I loved it because it was superheroes, obviously, you know, I mean, I loved everything. It was all anything related to superheroes. 
And it was always a show that was in the back of my mind of like, God, I remember that show. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. Once every once in a while, I would like, look up a clip on YouTube and go, oh, yeah, The Mighty Heroes is really cool. So then just a couple of weeks ago, uh, my fiance, Kelly, and I were uh, in an antique store because that's what you do when you're old people. Is you go to an antique <laughs> store. And um, I was rifling through stuff. And there was this one. Uh, shelf uh, of of uh, glass, drinking glass, the collectible drinking glasses, like baseball glasses and like Star Wars and, you know, I mean, you know, the, the usual stuff. And there was this large section of cartoon characters. And I was looking, there was like um, uh, some Harvey characters. There was no Richie Rich glass, unfortunately. I would have bought that. <laughs> but anyway, over to the one side was a bunch of characters from the underdog show. And there was Underdog and Polly Purebred and Simon Bar Sinister, the bad the bad guy from that show, Dudley Do Right, uh, Snidely Whiplash, the bad guy from Dudley Do Right, of course, and um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Oh, well, I love Mr. Peabody. That's another we got to cover that at some point. So we anyway, could have done that today. Anyway. Oh, stop it, stop it. We'll do another episode. So anyway, as I'm rifling through them, I, I looked at the Simon Bar Sinister and the Snidely Whiplash, and I was like, should I buy these and by the way, just so you know, anybody, if you're ever around Kelly and you ask her, should I buy these? She's going to say yes. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm buying these. So I got the, and they were in beautiful condition. I mean, these things are probably 40 years old and they look. I was going to ask if they were like classic 70s when yeah, they were doing 70s. these kind of glasses. Okay. Yeah, they're they, like the Pepsi glasses and yep. stuff. And uh, they're, they're like in gorgeous condition. Like the paint is perfect you know it's like they look like they've never been used so anyway i bought them they were like i think like nine dollars each or whatever and as i got got them home i was wondering oh wow well these were part of the underdog show they were all part of that like umbrella show and so were the mighty heroes and i wonder if there were any mighty heroes glasses so i took a picture of me big goonie looking picture of me holding the glasses and i put it up on facebook and i i that, I that is a that is an accurate description goonie oh, every, every picture of me is goonie so uh and i i i mentioned in on facebook was there a mighty heroes glass russell burbage friend of the network of course said that he had the glasses when he was kicked of course he did no and <laughs> he said as far as he knew there were no mighty heroes glasses i was like oh well all right that makes sense they were pretty obscure uh compared to like underdog and Dudley do right. So, all right, you know, knocks next. It's fine. But then when we decided to do an episode of Saturday Morning Fever, I was like, oh, let's do Mighty Heroes. And I started doing research and I learned that my memory was wrong. And I am not Mandela affecting this thing. Like I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong <laughs> is that I learned this for the first time. The Mighty Heroes were not part of Underdog. For some reason, my memory just sort of smooshed them all together they were not. They were part of Mighty Mouse. They were a segment on the Mighty Mouse show from, and they were, they ran from 19, the Mighty Hero segments ran from 1966 to 1967. They ran for 20 episodes, but they were never part of Underdog. They were not made by the same company. In fact, the Mighty Heroes were created by Ralph Bakshi, amazingly enough. Right. But I was shocked at that. I always put them in the same box as Dudley Do-Right and Underdog and tu- Tennessee Tuxedo and all those characters and they never were. They have no connection to them all. So I don't, I don't know why. Maybe the art style or something. I thought they were similar. But I've learned now. I've learned something. They were never connected. So, of course, there were never going to be glasses for them because there was, there's no connection to this line. But, yeah, they were part of Mighty Mouse. And I was never a big fan of Mighty Mouse. But I must have watched it almost just for the Mighty Heroes because, I, as I said, I loved this cartoon. Interesting. See, my, my exposure to Mighty Mouse, I, I have, okay, first off, we've talked before. I really have almost no memories of my childhood before a certain age. It's just, 
unfortunate. So I don't remember any of this uh, or the Money Mouse show. I remember the Money Mouse show from the 80s, though, um, which was super fun. And they even had, was it a Marvel comic, I think, that uh, that before yes, it, too? Yeah, I mean, that was a super fun cartoon. So I, I don't think I can say I have no love for Mighty Mouse, but my, my love for the character comes from the 80s version, which was just so, so much fun. Now, that the 80s wasn't, wait, was the 80s a Bakshi version? Yes, back Yeah, I think it was, it was. Yeah. 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 So only 20 episodes. By the way, folks, if you want, you can pause now and go out to YouTube and watch, I think, pretty much all 20 of them. Pretty much uh, all of them are on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's so super easy to find. And then you can come back because I'd love to hear your opinion on the cartoon as we get through, as we start talking about this. <laughs> Right. Well, see, they, they said, I'll, I'll read here off of uh, Wikipedia. The cartoons originally appeared as a segment of the Long Mighty Mighty Mouse Playhouse during 66-67 season, which was renamed Mighty Mouse and the Mighty Heroes in recognition of the new segment. Oh, they were it's like a permanent Iron Fist thing. Some weeks during the <laughs> network run, two complete Mighty Mouse segments would open and close the show with a Mighty Mouse cartoon in between. In other weeks, one Mighty Heroes episode would be split in two to open and close the show with two Mighty Mouse cartoons broadcast in between. So that was the, they smooshed them around there. The, the show uh, is about a group of five superheroes, strong man. You can imagine what strong man does. He's just a giant muscle guy. Diaper man, who is a baby who has superpowers. Tornado man, who is essentially red tornado. <laughs> Cuckoo man, who is like a bird guy and rope man, who is a guy who is all ropes. And the thing that I remember even more than the episodes themselves is the theme. Uh, mm-hmm. Every episode of Mighty uh, Mighty Heroes opens the same with a title card with the villain's name. Almost every episode is the name of the villain of the piece. And you have this narrator talking about that in the sleepy town of Goodhaven, some nefarious villain is doing this plot, yada, yada, yada. And the only way to stop them is the Mighty Heroes. And then it would cut to the same credit sequence where, like, an alarm goes up. And it's this very kind of a very, very 60s thing with the sort of, like, stock art poses coming in like the statue of liberty comes up in the frame yep. and these stars come flying and you see that it's basically like a version of launching the jla signal device because like all five of the heroes are like oh they need us and, and that's what i was referring to earlier about the flag this giant right. like almost holographic flag over the over the city yeah and all five of the heroes basically are in like their daily their their uh, civilian ids and they take off their you know regular suits and they become superheroes and then they all meet up as the mighty heroes and then they go and fight the villain no no surprise they're very formulaic in fact literally every episode opens the same way with the villain the threat mighty heroes get together and then they then they fight the villain and there's you know hijinks ensue I was going to say, you you skipped a part where they're completely ineffectual and actually – uh, they, they, when they show up to fight the villain, they actually trip over each other mm-hmm. and cause all kinds of problems for themselves. And then, mirac- now these cartoons are seven minutes each. Yeah. Then, miraculously, at the six minute mark, and I checked every single episode <laughs> I watched, at the six minute mark, they get their crap together and suddenly become very, very effective and right. take out the villain. Right. That is kind of the gags that they're, they're kind of, I won't say, I don't say the, the, the they obviously are relatively ineffectual. But they're not all lame. Like, Strongman is a viable superhero. You know what I mean? He's just a big muscle guy. Now, Cuckoo Man, obviously, is meant to be very funny because, he's, you know, he's like, ah, Cuckoo, ah, Cuckoo. I mean, he's not, you know. 
He's not not terribly imposing. And Tornado well, Man is just kind of like this schlubby guy who can just turn into a tornado really. Yeah, I mean, we should talk a little bit. Like, Strong Man, yes, he's he's he's, exa- he's almost like Prime, you know, from the Ultras. He's just yeah. massive, just muscles everywhere. And he speaks with this hilarious accent. I mean, he sounds kind of like he's from Kentucky. Like, I think he's related to Chris Franklin. I was about to say, he does sound a little like Chris. Yeah, he does. Uh, and then uh, Baby, or I'm sorry, Diaper Man. So... It, is is literally a baby, but he's got like Popeye's voice, you know? Yes, he kind of talks like Baby Herman from yeah. the Roger Rabbit shorts. And apparently he's in charge of the team, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, he's the leader, yeah. Yeah. And he he has this baby bottle, that, and, and I, I I realized I jumped ahead. I should have gone to Cuckoo Man, but I'll finish Diaper Man and then go to Cuckoo, and then I'll let you take it back over. But anyway, he whips this baby bottle around using the rubber nipple to just hit people with, and, and any any sort of like Batman utility line kind of thing he does with this bottle, which is hilarious. Um, and then – so going back to Cuckoo Man, which is what I meant to talk about. So Cuckoo Man, I mean he's he's this – old like skinny guy with a bristly mustache he looks overly skinny he looks like maybe he belongs at a library but it's a, a cuckoo clock store and he looks like he has no business wearing a superhero costume and he looks ridiculous in it which is why it's even sort of funnier and the costume i mean it, it looks a little more schlubby than the rest of the guys even right. it looks like it's you know dime store sort of style so yeah, right, you go, ahead, go ahead Sorry. Well, yeah, like both both uh, uh cuckoo man and tornado man like their costumes are like droopy yeah, like they, they're meant to look fun. like like Rope Man. The guy is literally just a rope body with like a human head. Uh, and it's well, like, he starts off as a sailor and then right, transforms. And he takes, right. He takes the sailor suit off and then he becomes he's a rope guy. And so it's like, yeah, obviously he's silly looking. But if you once you can get past that, he's a you know rope body. There's nothing inherently comedic about it. Like he's just a weird rope guy as opposed to, as I said, the other guys, which are meant to look like schlubby nerds better superheroes. So I, I kind of liked it. It balances out. Cause like I said, strong man is as valid a superhero as any character that would have appeared in a comic book in the late sixties. Well, in the, in the tornado man, I mean, he, he, when he's not in his costume, he looks like Rob and I, you know, he's just, well, okay. He's like short, bald, you know, a little stubby kind of guy, you know, like middle-aged guy. So it's, which is pretty darn funny. Now I have to say though, all right, their powers almost don't kind of matter. Like, no, they all they all apparently can fly. They all can fly. Uh, yep. Yep. And even though Strongman is insanely strong, I mean, there's times where other characters do things that are equally as strong as he would require. I mean, they, there's not a lot of uh, what's your favorite word? Uh, versimilitude to versimilitude, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of that to it. But and they all and, and I did, and I took me to like I don't know the seventh cartoon to realize they all have H's on their chest. So rather than Strongman having an S or something, they all have H. I guess for heroes. I didn't. Yes. I don't know. Didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> the subtleties of the mighty heroes escape. Right. <laughs> I, I will say that watching them all in a clump is obviously not the ideal way to watch them because they're seven minutes. They're meant for young children, not over old men like us. And when you watch them all together, obviously they're horrendously repetitive. You know, I mean, even as I reviewed them all on YouTube and thanked the YouTuber for posting them all, it was really fun to be able to see them all. Even I got a little like, okay, maybe the ninth one of these in a row, man, I could take a break now and maybe watch, you know, the other <laughs> one. Um, but I mean, they, of course, that wasn't how they were meant to be seen. They were meant to be seen week by week. And I said, you have to remember, you know, I saw these when I was five, six, seven years old, and I was in love with the Batman TV show. I was in love with the Super Friends. I was in love with everything involving superheroes. So anything that featured superheroes was going to get my attention. And even though this is obviously a lot sillier, than you know the super friends i guess 
I didn't I didn't have that ability to discern that. It was just, oh, these are superheroes. And the 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 look of this thing is really fantastic. I love the colors. I love the just the, the, the these bright Dago colors. I love the designs of the villains. We can talk about the villains a little bit in a moment. Mm-hmm. It just I love the cartoon style, like the, the drawing style of it. The characterizations are really fun. Like everyone is super exaggerated. They have like kind of giant heads and giant bodies with these tiny little stick legs that just kind of walk them across. Obviously, the animation is incredibly limited, but again, I love just watching them all fly and like just and the 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 mat the not mat paintings, but like the background paintings are really sharp. The voice work, I want to mention the voice work. There's basically only two cast members on The Mighty Heroes. Yeah, that's that's astounding to me because I didn't pick up on that at all until yeah, I read your notes. two guys, yeah. I mean, they did five characters. Herschel, the actor Herschel Bernardi, who appeared in a films like Irma LaDuce with Jack Lemmon. He was on the Peter Gunn TV show. He is the narrator of the Tootsie Pop commercial where they do the how many licks does it take? Oh, yeah. He's okay. the narrator. That's the guy. He played three characters. He was Strongman. Diaper Man and Tornado Man. And again, that's like Dan Castellaneta level versatility. <laughs> Those three voices don't sound anything because you got strong man's kind of talking like this, you know? Uh-huh. He's a welcome to Supermates, you know? And then you got Diaper Man. <laughs> who you're, is, gonna get, you're gonna get hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and then you got Diaper Man who I say kind of talks like this. And then Tornado Man is just kind of like a regular guy voice, a little bit of you know, a schlubby voice. But he did all three. And then the other actor is Lionel Wilson, who pretty much just did voiceover. He did voices on Courage the Cowardly Dog and Deputy Dog. Obviously, it was a dog cartoon. You got Lionel Wilson. And he played Cuckoo Man and Rope Man. And again, those are two completely different voices. The Rope Man voice is kind of like this. And Cuckoo, it's, uh, it's almost a little British sometimes. A little bit, yes, yes. And then Cuckoo Man is like, ah, Cuckoo. So you know, they got a lot of work out of these two guys. You really they had an entire show out of just basically two actors, then you had guest actors playing the villains and stuff. But nevertheless, like you did a whole just a whole team of superheroes with just two dudes. Like that's maybe, amazing. Maybe we should try that. Maybe we should introduce like a couple more characters to this show, and uh, it could be like a five person show, but it's just you and me. I, well, I mean, no one's figured out that we are Nathaniel Wayne at this point. <laughs> sure, shh, don't tell. So uh, I, I got to say how much I love the Rope Man voice. There's just – it's partially the lines they gave him and partially the delivery of the voice and just that little bit of an accent. It's just that, that – I think of all the voices, that one appealed to me the most. Uh, I, I, I don't know why. I just took a lot of pleasure in that. I liked his power because it was so different and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the way – like there was one episode where – uh, you know, he transforms into the rope, of course, where they actually, the bad guys tie up the mighty heroes with rope man. With rope man, right. And the heroes decide they can't break out because they'll shred rope man. They'll kill him. So they decide not <laughs> to break out for the very fact to protect their friend. So I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of thinking through the powers a little bit. I like that. There are a few things that didn't age too well. Well, there's that, yeah. Uh, a couple different episodes. There's some pretty harsh Asian stereotypes. Yeah, the, um, the one episode specifically, like the Drifter. There's three villains, yep. and one is like a Dracula kind of guy. Another one's a Frankenstein, and then the third guy is a, uh, a an horrendous uh, Asian stereotype. And he's got the buck teeth, and he talk like this, and you're just like, oh boy. Okay. I think they, I think they had another character like that. I think it was in the Monsterizer, maybe. I'm yeah, not entirely sure. There yeah, was another guy, and I was like, Oof, yeah, man. that was a real go-to back then unfortunately but yes but short of that yeah but but yeah there's a couple of things that you're yeah and there's no women on this show none 
Oh. I mean, there's like no, you notice that? There's Interesting. Like a, I did not notice not that. Not a single female, like anywhere. There's no, obviously there's none of the mighty heroes are women. None of the villains are women. They never run into like any women on the street. I mean, there's like background characters, but like, this is like a, it's basically like an old comic con. It's a woman for uniform. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a reason these guys don't have any women in their lives. I can, right. I, I can clearly identify that, but yeah. not running into them on the street. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I said that we said there's 20 episodes and they're all basically named after the villains with a few exceptions. I mean, there's, there's the titles are the plastic blaster, the frog, the junker, the shrinker, the ghost monster, the stretcher, the monsterizer, the drifter, the shocker, the enlarger, the toy man, the dusters, the big freeze, the timekeeper, the scarecrow, the time eraser, the return of the monsterizer, ooh, <laughs> the paper monster, the raven and the bigger digger. And like I said, they're obviously very formulaic. It's the same kind of thing over and over again. You're not meant to watch them all in a row. But like I said, I love the visual appeal of this thing. I think, the, as I said, the backgrounds are really interesting. The designs are cool. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit when we used to cover the Filmation Aquaman episodes. But it's like, you know, every episode of the Aquaman show pretty much had a different alien. Every episode. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, same like that, it. That takes a lot of imagination to have to come up with a new premise. I mean, yeah, the aliens were basically all the same. They came down and they invaded Earth and Aquaman fought them off and they got sent back to their planet. But every week, though, you had to come up with a different design, a different gimmick for these monsters, for these uh, villains. And it's the same thing here on The Mighty Heroes. Every villain, yeah, they're all basically are just mad scientists, essentially. But nevertheless, it's except for the return of the monsterizer. Oh, there's uh, another one actually. Um, the shrinker and then the uh, duster. Uh, the duster was actually the shrinker again, but he had a new gimmick. So right, he was well, still the, okay. He was still the shrinker, but he carried these. Uh, he had like a salt and pepper container of uh, happy dust and sleepy dust, and so it. So at least that character got used twice. He did like a. Uh, what, like a chemical, what was the Flash film that changed his name? Like Mr. Alchemy? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of guy. Yeah. He switched it up. But again, I just love the, the visuals of this thing. I just think, I mean, it's Ralph Bakshi, one of the great geniuses of animation, uh, brings a lot. And I was reading about how he designed this. Apparently, he was a junior uh, uh, animator or, no, or producer over at Terry Tunes, which is the company that made uh, Mighty Mouse. And uh, a, b- a bunch of his bosses were in the network and pitched a bunch of ideas, and none of the ideas went. And the network didn't like any of the ideas. And then finally, supposedly, Ralph Bakshi, this junior guy sitting on a chair off to the side, piped up and said, "Well, I have an idea." And they were like, oh, "What's your idea?" And he pitched this Mighty Heroes, and the network was like, "This is great. We love it. We'll do it." And oh my that, gosh! Really, you know, right? And that's you know, sort of. I mean, yeah, Ralph Bakshi went on to do amazing things in animation. But I just, I just think they're so fun. Like the Scarecrow character, he creates this giant, like, hay monster sort of thing that goes around and, like, he's chasing after people. And so, like, it's, they're just, they're, like, Dada-esque. And they're just, like, it's, it does remind me a lot of the challenge of the Super Friends where stuff happens because it has to. Yeah. You know, it's like, we need Batman and Robin to be able to go back in time. Okay, their bad plane could go back in time. Fine. You know, that, that's <laughs> I mean. um, But there's just, it to me, I want, when I watch these over again, I just, it put a goofy smile on my face because I just like, oh, man, this is so fun and cute. And, yeah, it's Batman TV show-esque in that it's goofing on superheroes. But it, if you watch it as a child like I did, you just take it straight. It's just these are five heroes. And I probably, if, if there had been a Mighty Heroes comic book that I was aware of, 
I would have bought it. I would have been like, this is like Super well, Friends. What's I don't think you could. I Hold on. I, I don't think even as a five-year-old you would take it straight. You would see it as a comedy superhero adventure because i mean it's there's a whole bunch of humor in here i mean they're they're more clumsy than jar jar binks i mean it's they're yes yeah yeah. i guess so maybe i'm overstating it a little but i mean it's just but to me it's like their powers aren't inherently ridiculous you know i mean it's not like i I mean yeah they're a little silly cuckoo man is obviously you know goofy but i mean i i don't know i just i think i just appreciated it as and even watching it as a whatever passes for an adult now they're not I, I like the show because they're not like they're not like crapping on superheroes. Like they're not making like oh isn't I don't know. Like they, it feels genuine in a weird way. Like it's just okay. These are just five silly superheroes that have adventures, fighting off fighting crime, and it just seems I don't know. To me, I just found no, them all very charming. No, that's fair. Charming and genuine are good expressions for it. I mean, I I just was stopping you from saying it's like straight. You know, it's as far as well, like no, straight it's superheroes. Not straight. Yeah. I'm saying as a kid though, I would have taken it. It's, because it's it's definitely designed to make a kid laugh and have fun with it, but at the same time, you're right. They they take it. Um, serious is not the word, but no. you're right. They're 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 earnest about it. At least these heroes yeah. are trying to do the right thing. They're they're clumsy. They make mistakes, but at the end of the day, they still save the day. So right. You, you, right. you get that absolutely. I, I do think it's sort of like I I felt like I was seeing a pattern in the villains, and maybe it's just it's the episodes I watched with like the Drifter and the Shrinker and the and the Monsterizer and stuff like that. It seemed like a lot of the bad guys were like again middle aged men um, <laughs> right. with like really sharp teeth, and, <laughs> and I started wondering like maybe Bakshi's like making fun of TV executives. I'm not sure, you know. I don't know. Maybe I was seeing something that I wanted to see. I don't know. But I will say the Drifter. Well, there was one episode, uh, his first episode, where. His plot was he makes the city of um, – oh, gosh, I forgot. It's not Pleasantville. What's the name Good, of the town? Good Haven. Good Haven. He makes the whole town of Good Haven float up in the air, and, he, and he's threatening to make it crash back to Earth. And I realized while I'm watching it, this is the plot of Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. <laughs> yes, it is. So I'm like, wow. The Good okay. Haven Accords. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm glad you mentioned that episode because there, there, there was something in that one that I really appreciated was – there's a sequence where uh, a big chunk of Goodhaven does, as you say, floats in the air. And the, as everyone knows about how cartoons work, you always know what part of a cartoon is going to move because you can tell it's a little different color <laughs> than the rest of the background. You can always right. tell. But they really, uh, I mean, part of it is maybe the picture quality that I'm looking at these on isn't very good. But um, in that sequence where Goodhaven floats from the, off the ground into the sky, they actually had a painted part of the scenery in front and then the little animated part of the city that rises up is in the middle with another painted part in the background. Oh, so it's like so a three light, three yeah, layer cell. It really okay. gave it this nice little piece of down. I'm like, that's extra work. <laughs> when you think about the, who this was meant to entertain, it was meant to entertain very small children who are not going to know the difference or really care. I thought that's really the animators kind of making it want it to look kind of cool. And it just gave it that, when I watched that over, I thought, well, that's an impressive little extra little piece of work that they actually cut two different pieces of background and then put the animated chunk in the middle just to give it that sense of sense of extra depth. So I thought that was really cool. He said, I, I, I don't want to oversell this show. It's not like it's a masterpiece. There's a reason why it's really been relatively forgotten. Although we will mention there is some, said there, there was some lasting uh, memory to the mighty heroes leave for one person, but I don't know. Overall, I just, it, it's when I watched them over again, it held up better than I thought it would. There were a lot of cartoons that I've gone back and watched 
that I remembered loving. And then I watch and I go, oh, boy, this is rough. But I watched these and I was like, okay, aside from the horrible stereotypes and stuff and the repetitive nature of it, I was charmed to hang out with the Mighty Heroes again. I just thought it was sweet to see all five of these guys. So I've, I, I, as I said earlier, I was hoping you guys uh, at home went out and watched this and have bringing your comments to the comment section of our website because I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because again, this was my first time coming at it, and I will now share. Uh, I didn't love it. I, <laughs> I didn't hate it, um, but I, I didn't love it either. You know, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. This has been a great conversation, but it's um, – yeah, I'm very interested to hear where, how, where everyone else comes at it because, like, for me, <laughs> I come at this and I watch it and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't like the early 70s of anything. So I'm very much a child of the – even though I was born in the 70s, my memory doesn't start till the 80s, really, uh, for the most part. So uh, I, I, I think that's where my love lies and, and for whatever reason that makes me not like the 70s. The same reason I didn't like Bronze Age comics, I guess, for a long time. It took me a long time to appreciate them. So maybe in about 20 years I'll appreciate the Mighty Heroes, Rob. Maybe that's what I'll, they'll take. Like I said, if you, if you didn't see it as a kid, I could see why you would just kind of watch it and then just be like, man, all right, whatever. This is fine. I don't hate it or whatever. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's not doing anything for me. I like said, I am fully acknowledging that this is tapping my inner, you know, child and I'm remembering those fond, those, those wonderful afternoons of laying on the floor of our living room and watching just TV for hours at a time instead of going outside like a normal kid. And, you know, the Mighty Heroes were just a big part of that. And, you know, it said something about that. I was dearly hoping that there had been like a drinking glass because if there had been, I would have gone to eBay and bought it. But unfortunately, uh, it doesn't exist. And the Mighty Heroes were not merchandised in any way, unlike Mighty, Mighty Mouse, except, except uh, there were actually a relatively surprisingly uh, large number of comic books for the Mighty Heroes. Dell released a four-issue series in 1967. I tried to um, – I found – you can find them on eBay. I tried to – I looked into getting some of them, but, like, one issue in even the worst condition was, like, 40 bucks. And I'm oh. like, right, I'm not dropping $40 on that. No way. way. That's come on. Then they did a second series published by somebody named Spotlight Comics. I'm not familiar with them. That ran in 1987. Oh, my gosh. And ran for just one issue. <laughs> then <laughs> – there was a third series published by Marvel Comics' Paramount Comics imprint. Remember that? Yeah. In, they, ni- in 1998 and also ran for just one issue. See, that's interesting because Paramount Comics, I, the only thing I remembered out of that was the whole line of Star Trek comics. Right. I, didn't, I didn't know they did anything else. Yeah. Now, 98 – no, that that would not have been tied to when they had the Mighty Mouse license. That's a, that's a much different time frame there. How yeah. strange! That's a strange. That's a real, real one-off. That one I need to pick up uh, on eBay because I'm just dying of curiosity to see what it looks like. Now, that is weird that that, that Spotlight Comics would bring them back. I guess they were in uh, rerun rotation. They were released on VHS, by the way. They were oh released, on, and I think I even vaguely remember having them at the video store that I worked at. That might have been how I reconnected with them because short of that, I don't know where I would have ever even seen them after they went off syndication. Um, but I, they were released on VHS. That's probably where, again, where I saw them again. But obviously Ralph Bakshi had a fondness for them because he brought them back in an episode of the 1980s series Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. <laughs> There's an episode called Heroes and Zeros. You can find this on YouTube. 
And the whole gist is, is that it's 20 years later and all the mighty heroes have since retired and are now regular people. And they all run an accounting firm. They've all grown up. And I love it. The accounting firm is man, 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 and man, which is brilliant. That's, that's hilarious. Fantastic joke. And I watched the episode and it's charming. It's really charming. Baby uh, Diaper Man has grown up. He's the one, obviously, has aged the most because he, he went from a baby to an adult. And he's got a mustache. And they talk about how, oh, no, we're retired now. We can't do – and then, of course, they get called back into action. I never knew this existed. I never had any idea that the Mighty Heroes were ever brought back. So I fell in love with this segment that Ralph Bakshi cared enough about the Mighty Heroes to bring them back 30 years later. I was completely charmed by it it was so i was so happy that he brought them back even for just one show i thought that was so great i gotta find that now because again i I liked the mighty mouse cartoon at that time and having exposure to this now it might help me uh find a little more joy with it it was fun it would i mean i was surprised how much the ralph bakshi mighty mouse feels like ren and stimpy it just has that kind of like zip well, to it, and right. I mean, one led into the other, if I yeah, remember basically, correctly, didn't yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. sort of. And then, I mean, stylistically, it looks like it. But yeah, I just thought that was. I made me so happy that that Ralph actually remembered his beloved characters, and you know, <laughs> I guess, I guess, of the, the fact that Paramount maybe owns them. I don't know who owns Mighty Mouse at this point. I mean, Dynamite, Dynamite released the comic, but that doesn't mean that they own the character. So I don't know who owns the Mighty Heroes. I, I, I mean, with with a Cartoon Network out there, I mean, you could bring these guys back i mean they, they, i mean i think you could do something with them and just do fun superheroes again because i mean everybody loves superheroes now so uh i i don't know i i'm calling for it somebody bring back the mighty hero the only way i will accept it is if they have more segments of rope man being turned into a basketball and dribbled by the bad guy that's the only way i'd be willing to accept that because i like that works. part I Whatever like that works. part. <laughs> Whatever I said, I, 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 they're, they're fighting monsters. Uh, to me, it's just, it's, it's just fun and silly and just very charming. And I had a blast going through them and watching them over again. Again, is it the best show ever? No, it isn't. But I, again, I'm just, I was, I was so charmed and I was so glad we got a chance to do this because this was, it was, I mean, the Mighty Heroes have always been in the back of my mind. But for some reason, every time we talked about doing a Saturday Morning Fever, it never occurred to me, bring it up. And then it was only because I saw these glasses in the antique store that, of course, don't have any connection to the Mighty Heroes. But I thought they <laughs> did. And it sparked all that all over again. So I'm glad that we got to spend at least like whatever we just did here, 40 minutes talking about the Mighty Heroes. And, yeah, as you say, Shag, I would love it, whoever is listening to this. If any of them remember, any of you out there remember the Mighty Heroes of what you think of them. Am I the only person that has fond memories of them? I would love it if somebody else out there liked uh, them too. On this podcast, yes. <laughs> on this podcast, yes. But I mean, there's got to be one of you nerds out there must love the Mighty Heroes like me and stuff. So, and I think you posted an image on Facebook. Is that a Mighty Heroes t shirt? Uh, it looks like I, I just grabbed it real quickly. I was jogging this morning on the treadmill and watched some Mighty Heroes, and I put it in our, our Fire and Water Fitness group, which, by the way, if you're not a member, you should check out. And uh, yeah, I, I just did a quick Google search. I think that was probably, you know, one of those. T-shirt sites that don't have the rights to do it, but ah, they do it, it anyway kind of thing, probably. But, yeah, it looks yeah, like I someone's made anyway. Yeah. It was a nice, clean image. It looked good. Yeah. yeah it looked like the artwork. I mean, it looked licensed. Yeah. When I saw it, I that looks like a real licensed T-shirt. I might buy that anyway because I just I would love to have a Mighty Heroes T-shirt. <laughs> 
Uh, well, this was fun. Uh, and if, for those of you who watched it and if you didn't care for it, just, hey, I might have made Rob do a Snorks episode. So just be thankful I didn't do that. So <laughs> I got to sit out the Turbo Teen one. <laughs> you, and, you and Zoom did that one, so I'm, I'm happy to have skipped on that one. I will forever cherish the Turbo Teen episode, if nothing else, because Zoom cracked and laughed his head off yes. uh, unexpectedly. He even asked me to take it out of the episode. I'm like, I'm not taking that out. No, <laughs> you, you laughed and had fun, sir. So yeah, no. And we laughed and had some fun here today, too, Rob. So thank you for bringing this to the table or to the to the cereal bowl. So uh, it was very much appreciated. So, folks, go out to our website. Again, it's firewaterpodcast.com. Go to Saturday Morning Fever. Leave your thoughts there on the episode. Uh, let us know what you think of Mighty Heroes or, you know, other suggestions for other cartoons. Thundar the Barbarian or anything else that you'd like us to talk about on a Saturday Morning Fever. Thundar the Barbarian. Anyway, uh, Rob, why don't you tell people at home where they can find you? Uh, I am all over Twitter, as you know now, uh, as we said, as we explained. Twitter is one-third pharma ads, one-third Nazis, and one-third me. So you can find <laughs> me over there. Um, but, uh, of course, we don't have a dedicated Twitter feed to Saturday Morning Fever. i got to fix that at some point. Oh, no. But, uh, but you can basically just use our main Twitter feed, which is FWPod. Exactly. Yep. And of course, Facebook and then you know where to leave comments. So that's going to do it for now. Uh, so folks, remember, uh, wash up your bowl, clean your spoon and put it in the dishwasher before you're done and turn the TV off and go outside and play with your friends. Oh, my gosh. And as the raven shouts defiance, a call goes out for the mightiest heroes of them all. 